0: 2017 episode meeting of the Knoxville game design. Uh, We got three people currently on the line. We have Dylan Wolf, if you want to say hello. hello. (laughs) And we got Nick from Asheville. Hey! (laughs) A new member to our group. Uh, We welcome everyone. Uh, Let me go back to the agenda. So, we may have more people popping in as this goes on. Um, not sure. Uh, so usually we start out with the show and tell. Uh, Dylan, did you have anything you wanted to show off this month?
1: Um, yeah, I was playing around with, um, I think it was my Let 'em There 36 game. Um, Retro future, and I've kind of been polishing it up. So I've adds, added some little things in the background. Um, I've done some like interesting. stuff. I'm getting the whole. See, I got a car going there. Where I've got mm-hmm. like the drop shadow and the outline and stuff, and I've got a script that will necessary for that. And then you know, threw in some parallax
0: scrolling. Yeah, that looks nice. Oh yeah, I remember this one. This is the one where you place the components on the grid and you try to get the like electrical current or whatever to light up all of the nodes or something, yeah. right? Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, you got the little gears, and the objective is to uh, get the other gear spinning. It seems like you had a lot of other different little electrical components and things to add to the game board there. Yeah,
1: like the. You throw, throw in a power generator. That, um, I haven't done too much with it lately, but that was something I actually uh, added
0: in. That level select screen looks really nice, and I noticed you changed the background, because I think before it was just like a plain blue, but this almost looks like what was the game that you developed with the little guy, the one-card uh, hero? It kind of looks like the same story background that you had in that game.
1: ...thing that, and, like, the plan was to just keep reusing that until I fill something else in, but, you know, how, like, the polish step goes is it's just slow going um set it up so that you know everything works on the same background so like when i bring up a menu you or when i bring so screen transitions happening Mm -hmm. uh the way the way i actually did this is a that um I've added to a list and then the cell actually has a, a couple of different lines set up so it, it kind of uses the point in the center and as long as you're you know two, 2.5 units away then we change like the sprite sort order the sprite color to, to have 100% opacity the scale to be one-to-one and as it you um, it gets further and further away, it moves into different zones, and that, you know, and I'm just <clears throat> like scaling down from there. Mm-hmm. So it has that kind of a 3D effect without actually doing any 3D.
0: So you wrote this whole script yourself, right? This wasn't a plug in or anything?
1: No, this was a, a script I wrote myself. Oh, wow. Kind of just a tweak and. It's actually not that complicated. Um,
0: yeah, see so your code here.
1: Let me see if I can find it. So when um, when something happens, I call this apply effects method, I go through all the targets and then figure out like, okay, what's the distance um, from the center of the uh, screen? And then um, those tones I have, you know, a scale, a sprite color, sort order um, that it picks out. It passes that along to the effect target. You know, I actually tried to make this reusable, so that's an interface. Um, so it says apply effect. And. Um, so each of those menu items has like its preferred sort order, its you know like the sort order scale and and transparency that it's trying to get to. And it just every time it calls update, it's just animating towards that point. So
0: I've done a similar technique for some of my board-based games. It's like I'll set a target position, kind of like my frog game. It's like I want to go to this square over here, so I set the target position. And then he gets pulled into that position. It seems like that's kind of what you're doing here. You're setting a target scale and a target color, and it just interpolates over to that. that yeah, kind of like phase. you know, you just
1: let the item take care of of how the animation happens. Um, while like the parent is, is responsible for telling it what it needs to be. Exactly. But that's pretty much it. So yeah, I'll, uh, that's cool. Very cool. Pass back.
0: So do you have that shared out uh, for everyone to use or is this just your private script that you're doing yourself?
1: Um, I actually haven't put it anywhere. Um, that's just in my application. It may be one of those things that I end up throwing in like my Let Them Dare resources uh, project or something that I haven't yeah. haven't really messed with it that much. Cool.
0: So Nick, did you have anything you would like to share with us this this time? Um- <laughs> Sure, yeah. I'll just
2: do a quick intro since this is my first time. Yeah, um, sorry. Yeah,
0: please introduce yourself. Yeah, my name is
2: Nick Mevin. Again, I'm from Asheville, North Carolina. I help um, co-organize the the Unity Game Developers Meetup here in Asheville. So uh, I thought it would just be cool to kind of reach out to folks that aren't too far away um, and say what's up and join in. So, yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. This past week, I actually did a jam. It was the second jam I participated in. It's called Resist Jam. Have you guys heard of that? Um, but yeah, it's uh, you can check it out. It's on Itch Just if you just search Resist Jam. And uh, as a heads up, I'm really bad with Google Hangouts, so I don't know about screen sharing and all of that. I guess I can link uh,
1: a game page here. Um, If you click the, there's like three buttons in the top right corner, you should have a share screen
0: link under that. You got to kind of hover up at the top of your window, then there should be three buttons that come up. But yeah, we're new to Google Hangouts as well, so (laughs) we're learning. Uh, It just seems like Google Hangouts was the simplest thing for people to get up and running uh, you just need a web browser. Although we just found out that Firefox doesn't work now <laughs> unless you have like the long term release. Um, but it seemed like it was the easiest thing. We had discussed other things. Uh, I forget the one that Discord, uh, and obviously mm-hmm. Skype. I think you have to pay for, uh, or Skype for business. So I do see your Unity screen niche. Oh, awesome.
2: Cool deal. So. Uh, this is actually just the game page, and uh, I've got some videos up if you want to take a look at that, but uh, in the actual Unity project, uh, here it is. But it was it, the jam just is, it's a fight against author- authoritarianism, kind of, <laughs> um, so it was, it was really cool. I joined a Discord channel and met a bunch of folks, got an artist from Massachusetts to, to help me out with some of the assets, and... Uh, Couple folks at the meetup helped me uh, program some stuff. I am not a programmer. <laughs> okay. I'm a, I'm a sound dude. So, uh, but I'm learning and uh, via Unity's and C# so uh, yeah, it's just a simple 2D platformer, really physics based, where you knock down walls, climb over them, go under tunnels. Uh, yeah, just will will play just a, a a bit of it here if you can see my screen. Yeah, I like the little
1: kitty
0: cat.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was uh, actually a free asset that I, I pulled off from
0: Open Game Art. Uh, so uh, you got like the real time physics going on. The cat can knock over the walls and just jump. There yeah,
2: and... is a couple things in here that uh, are programmed in. So like when you hit this switch up here, it's going to uh, activate a wrecking oh. ball and kind of tear through walls but yeah the, the main focus of the game was just like hey build up these little blocks and uh jump over and walls and and have fun with it so
0: yeah there's just like a huge wall and a big like wrecking ball came through and you can see the the blocks going all over the place yeah, yeah that's really cool uh but yeah I figured one of the diversifiers of the jam was uh the
2: importance of migrants to our country. And it's like, uh, well, let's, uh, let's see a game that, uh, kind of, uh, has an example of how hard it is and what you go through to, to get to a place that is unknown. So.
0: the migrant kitty,
2: <laughs> migrant kitty. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's about it. There was a couple other things. Uh, I've got a part where you can actually move blocks here. Um, just with a simple script that's it's just, uh, that one goes up and down you can see it, it'll go on the y-axis up and down and you can also set it to go on the x-axis so there's a couple parts where it'll um you can actually just hover the mouse over and move those blocks so mm-hmm. but nothing too complicated you know it's uh it's about a week we worked on it so
0: yeah it looks very cool so yeah. i saw on your itch page your sweet niche on itch yeah Sweet yeah, and, Nick, <laughs> I'll put a link to your site in our notes. Uh, do you have like a website or Twitter I, handle?
2: I do. On Twitter, I am uh, at sweet underscore niche, okay. N-I-C-H. And my website is com, and it's just got my portfolio on here. So okay. awesome. you can see some of the projects that I've done there. Uh, it was really cool. I did Global Game Jam last month or January.
0: Yeah, I've uh, wanted to do Global J- Game Jam for a while now. Now, but we don't have a like a place here in Knoxville like stay all night. I think the closest place to us was uh, Lexington or Nashville, but Asheville's pretty close too. <laughs> actually, yeah, Asheville might be closer.
2: I drove to Chapel Hill, North Carolina, to do this one. Um, oh,
0: okay. And
2: it was really cool. It was a great experience. I got to work with a bunch of folks from Epic Games to make a game. And that game we made was a uh, 3D shooter game where you use your voice uh, to activate the weapon. And it was based on three different frequency ranges. So, like, you would do a low um, low sound that would shoot a different type of weapon, a, a high, mid range sound, and you could get a different weapon out of that. And then you can whistle or do a high pitched uh, sound to get another weapon so that one that one was fun
0: oh that's that sounds awesome i've never done a voice controlled first person shooter <laughs> that's a new one to me
2: <laughs> yeah i those guys they like i said they worked at epic so they were some of the programmers that actually write the code for unreal so they were on another level man yeah. they, they were super cool to work with and it came out really cool so that's um that's up you can get to it my side if you feel like playing
0: that's a great experience getting to actually work with people in industry to actually make a game yeah it was super cool um, i'm gonna take back over and i was also going to mention i noticed dylan oh i lost my screen there and bring it back up over here got too many things going on i need to screen share and screen number two. And I noticed, Dylan, you had written a really great article about uh, RPG Maker. I actually read through this last weekend. And yeah, I
1: actually took your suggest- suggestion and put it on uh, Sutra.
0: Oh, awesome. Yeah, hopefully it'll get featured and more people will be able to check it out. But it, if anybody needs like a really... Uh, basic intro and how to get into rpg maker and what it does and uh and things like that this
1: is i was gonna say this is i would actually say this is more like an advanced intro like if you know rpg maker but you want to get into the actual coding Mm -hmm. um it's more of that sort of thing yeah uh i also did another post after it and i think um this was one of the things I had to fix when WordPress got hacked. Um,
0: I I I noticed that on the last podcast, I was like going through the post. I was like, Oh, that doesn't look right. I need to contact Dylan about that. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently
1: there was a, a vulnerability in WordPress that had basically been like different hacking groups were using. Um, where you could change content, um, but I also did another one that's that's uh, back up where I kind of do oh. a very simple example of how you could use um, Ruby scripting to like change your UI, like take out a window.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've used Ruby for about. I don't know six or seven years now. It's probably my favorite scripting language because it does object oriented and it does everything that I want to do. Um, I think it's kind of similar to Python, but Python you got to have like the correct spacing and everything, <laughs> which always drove me up the wall. Yeah,
1: I, I've actually done a lot of Python, so it was pretty easy to kind of get a handle on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just. As an aside, like this is the previous version of RPG Maker. It's it's the last one that they had in like a humble bundle. Mm-hmm. The new version, I think, actually uses uh, JavaScript and actually stores files as text files, so it's a little easier to play around with and put into source control and all that.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing I don't like about Ruby is like you got. You have an end for everything. It doesn't use curly braces. So you get this big end mess. It's end, 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 end. Uh, weird. But yeah, the thing about yeah. RPG Maker, they never do have like a numerical version. Is it isn't like RPG Maker 4 or RPG Maker 5? It's always like RPG Maker XV and VI and everything else. So I don't even know what the latest version of RPG Maker is.
1: I think the latest one is MV, and the one that I wrote this about was VXAce.
0: which I
1: don't, I don't know what the difference between VX, PXAs. Uh, I may have, no, oh, maybe I dropped.
0: Uh, I dropped myself accidentally. <laughs> I was trying to click okay. back, and I thought it was in Firefox. Okay, we're good. <laughs> um, yeah. So I always like. Whenever RPG Maker is on sale on Steam, I usually grab it when it's like twenty or forty dollars, and I think I've used it like once or twice, just creating a simple game. Yeah, it's it's
1: good because it's easy to get into. It also has a lot of fiddly bits, and um, the neat thing about the coding is you can actually customize way way more of it than you would think.
0: Mm-hmm. The th- one thing i do like about rpg maker is like right out of the box you start a new project you press play and you have a working g- game with the title screen and a guy that can move around and you just add to that it isn't like you got to do a lot of setup to get a game up and working but the bad thing about that you have a lot of rpg maker games with the same title screen <laughs> where nobody changes it <laughs> Okay, so uh, so I'm sure maybe Mike forgot to set his clock. He said he Mike Neal said he wanted to join us, and I, I don't know if I gave Mike enough credit on the last episode, but yeah, he's the one that started Knoxville Game Design. Has been running it for since like 2010 and everything. So uh, he just needed to break for it. So that's why we're going to this online uh, hangout format. But we do plan on getting together sometime soon. Which uh, we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, I found a, a program called TextMesh Pro. Let me share the screen. And I haven't used this myself, but they said it's free. Oh, and also wanted to men- uh, mention that Dylan is dylanwolf.com. That's his website. Check out all of his posts there. Uh, he's Dylan Wolf. On Twitter and also on itch.io close that uh, ch- ch- oh I had some more show-offy things so one of the guys that has came to our meetings in the past his name is Paul Green he's PJG developments he's been working on a game it looks like it's a little, he's doing a lot of AI maze finding pathfinding stuff uh so i thought that was interesting uh really really cool if we could get him uh to show up sometime and explain a little bit of the stuff that he's been working on here but looks really interesting like a 2d top-down dungeon explorer type game um another guy who we've actually never met in person (laughs) but we've talked about he's done like let them dare since like the second one or something is Recursor. Uh, he runs a site, Pixelbyte Studio. That's the name of like his little game development uh, setup here. And he's been doing a lot of Lua lately. Uh, I was reading some of his posts on here. Lua, and uh, apparently there's a game development environment called Love 2D. So he's been uh, working on that, and actually, I noticed he actually has a pretty good tutorial series that he's been working on. I think the latest one is episode four. I'll play a little bit of this, and we'll call it player. And then now we have a. see so It calls this function, sets the meta table, returns the class. Now, if we want to make a new instance of that of a player that we want player one, then we we want to be able to go player. And then whatever um, you know parameters that we have. Yeah, so that's just a little bit of one of his tutorial, Recursor's tutorial. So yeah, we've always wanted recursor to come out to one of our meetings. Uh, uh, really great game developer, been doing Ludum Dare forever. Um, and also, he has been working on this little dungeon crawler game. I guess he did this in Lua as well, but this is for Seven DRL. I guess that's Seven Day Roguelike. I'm assuming that's create a Roguelike game in seven days. And here's a neat website that I found. I don't know how I came across this, but it's called Indie Dev Map. And this is kind of like an interactive map of game developers all over the, the world. So uh, for Knoxville right here, I went ahead and added my Levi D. Smith games. There's also a Smiling Jester software in Johnson City. So you can actually click on their link right here. And it seems like this is kind of an older studio. They haven't updated their website since 2012, July of 2012. But uh, apparently they're doing some stuff um, at one point in Johnson City. But yeah, if you, definitely recommend checking this out. If you want to add your studio to this database, you can just like submit right there. And they yeah, they got a map of pretty much the entire world. So if you're ever in Asia looking for game developers over there, <laughs> or like in Japan, you can click there and... See all of the studio. Oh, well, they only have one right there currently, so it looks like this is still growing. Um, so yeah, the Text Mesh Pro is free on the Unity Asset Store. It sounds like it's a really good plugin, it's got five stars with 50 ratings. Um, uh, not sure, yeah, this is by Unity Technologies, so they're usually good about supporting their own stuff, so you can. Um, I think what had happened was it, it was actually a,
1: a third-party tool that got bought by uh, Unity, because I think it's going to be rolled in in like a future version.
0: Oh, okay. It looks like you can do a lot of cool stuff with it there. Yeah, my text is always really cruddy, but it looks like you can get outlines and the 3D... And it won the 2016 finalist. Well, I wonder if this is the Unity Award. So they awarded Well, like you said, Dylan, I guess this was a third-party application that they brought in. Uh, Let's close that. So I was going to talk a little bit about my game that I've been working on. So I did the mini Ludum Dare 72, which was the Olympics. And basically, you could create any game you wanted to, but the purpose was to have like a leaderboard, and this guy, Dollar $1, he provided an API uh, to a leaderboard. is using like REST calls, so just using GET and POST, you could post the scores. But yeah, I made a little sandwich maker game. I worked on a little bit more last night, so you get these requests, like you want white bread or wheat bread, and then what type of meat, turkey, pepperoni, or ham. And then I recently added more vegetables, like the tomatoes and the pickles and lettuce and things like that. Um, Let's see if I can bring up ludomdore.com. And, yeah, here was the announcement. Uh, Mini LD72 Olympics. And then uh, with the API, you could post to his leaderboards. And he just like put this page showing all of the leaderboards for all the games, which I thought was really cool. So all the games that were submitted to this jam that you use the leaderboard functionality, you can see all of the high scores for all these games. So you can see, uh, my sandwich maker pro is somewhat, yeah, right here, right here in the middle. But yeah, it seems like there's a lot of good games submitted for that. Uh,
1: close. The leaderboard, was that like something you would host yourself or did he host it and you uh, give the, um,
0: like, you just make a call out to his service? Exactly. Yeah, he hosted it himself. So actually, uh, yeah, so he had uh, just some very simple API calls, uh, uh, which I'm not seeing at the the moment but uh you can get the values back browse entries sandwich maker pro so you basically just call this url so it's like dollar one games olympics get high scores question mark then your username which you just uh enter your name you create a name it can be the same as your little target name Uh, On that page and then you can get it back in uh, either text format or json I think json is a little bit easier to work with but here's like my leaderboard right here And it just returns everything back in one text string right there Um, Let me go back and see if I can find the registration page maybe finally closed it off See your Olympics. Oh, yeah, right here. So you enter your Ludum Dare username, the name of your game, and the unit. Like mine is sandwiches. Other people may have points or yards or whatever. And then the order high to low. So you submit that, then you get an API key. And that's what you plug in your game that you pass along when you're posting the data. Uh, so, yeah, here's this little API get high scores, submit high scores. So it's basically just two calls. And I think he got this from somebody else, but he's just toasting it on his own site. Uh, but yeah, that's a fun little jam. Let's see, oh, what else cool. I have here? Would you write that in, or what was it made with? Uh, made it in Unity and C Sharp. Cool. A little bit of Playmaker, but not that much. <laughs> Very cool. Thank you. Uh, so GDC, I'll admit I really haven't kept up with what happened at GDC, but there is, if anyone hasn't heard, a new, uh, Xbox indie program, uh, it sounds like it's supposed to be similar to the old Xbox Live Indie games where anybody can, uh, get on and post games to their service. Uh, I went in and I tried to register this, for this, and like one of the first questions was like, "Oh, are you already a member of ID and Xbox, and have you submitted a game?" I was like, "Yes," and they're like, "Oh, well, you're not eligible for like this round of the this Creators Club because you already got a you're already working with Microsoft." I was like, "That doesn't help me because I already submitted games and they didn't make it." <laughs> but anyone that is interested in putting a game on Xbox One. Seems like they're opening it up a little bit. Now, these are like the, I forget what they're called, UPF, UWP, that's what it is. So you don't get like the full power of the Xbox. Uh, I think it's kind of sandbox, kind of like Xbox Live Any Games was. I don't know if you'll be able to get access to the leaderboards or achievements and things like that.
1: I want to say they had a chart. It may actually be on the next page that you've got bookmarked. Yeah, like down at the bottom.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Because I think you get access to leaderboards, but not to achievements.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense, because people just make games with, like, 100 achievements, and (laughs) make them press start to get 100 achievements, and people would buy the game just to boost your gamer score. But, uh, yeah, ID at Xbox and the creator's program, basic presence only. So I guess that means you're not going to get on the main dashboard. (laughs) Uh
1: I don't know. Like I remember from X presence was like the you could see what the, the user was playing in your friends list. Oh yeah. And basic was just like you would get the name of the game and maybe rich is like what you're actually doing in the game.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, a lot of this is still kind of unknown. I think they're still fleshing out the details. And I think like this initial uh rollout is just or, picking a few select developers and running them through the process to see how it goes. But the bad thing is you want to be one of the first ones on this system because I think that's how uh, I made a game with zombies and it got big or they're on at the right time at the beginning. If you're coming in at the tail end, then you're going to get lost in the shuffle. Uh, social graph, I don't know what that is. Multiplayer is not supported in creators program. So no, I guess that's just Uh, online multiplayer. I guess you could still have a game and use two controllers. I don't see why they would block that.
1: I mean, it's probably like their matchmaking service and everything,
0: I would think. So yeah, hopefully we learn more about that soon. Uh, So (laughs) somebody sent me a, a tweet on Twitter. It's like, oh... Nintendo Switch has indies. You need to put all your games on there. I was like, well, they usually have, like, barriers and obstacles. So I, I checked it out, and, like, on Gama Sutra, they're like, oh, yeah, becoming a Nintendo Switch indie dev will be tough early on. So I don't even think they have a formal program yet just for anyone to self-publish on the Switch. I think... I did look at the program for Wii and Wii U, but it was a little bit confusing. They had, like, two separate programs, and you had to sign 28 pages of paper, and you had to have a door with a key that was locked. And uh, So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, apparently they do have indies, but getting on there sounds pretty tough right now. And if you are local... Okay, I'm getting kind of out of order here. But uh, if you are in the southeast area, uh, Atlanta... I know, Dylan, you have went to Momocon. um, Yeah. And they're doing the indie game showcase again. And it looks like... uh, So a booth at Momocon is $450. But if you submit a game... To their indie game showcase, uh, then you can get like thousand dollars and you get a ten by twenty uh, exhibit space. Oh, that's twenty eight. I th-
1: think yeah. I was gonna say I think that may be um, already closed. Oh. The submission because I, I want to say it was like first of March because I think they're supposed to let the finalists know by like April first. But yeah, you'll get one next year. Oh okay. It is well, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I didn't. Go ahead. It's um I get the impression like just looking at the people who present that these are really like professional level, you know, indie games, so it's going to be um like I submitted knowing that there's pretty much no chance of me getting in with a
0: little simple mobile puzzle game, but Get it for the experience <laughs> yeah i think i submitted one like two years ago when i actually went down there and it seems like it was a fairly low entry fee it's like 25 40 bucks or something i mean it wasn't bad i mean it's worth just submitting uh um, yeah i didn't get mine accepted either but uh i did go down there and met a lot of good people um I know one guy said he came out from Albuquerque to go to MomoCon. I was like, whoa. But he did have a game that he had on Greenlight that he's promoting there. And uh, yeah, I think I wrote like a little article about my experience there somewhere on my site. Oh, there's Double Square. So is maybe Joe is going to this. Yeah, Double Square LLC. Yep. I wonder if his game got selected or if he's. Oh. That's interesting. <laughs> Yeah, we'll have to ask Joe about that next. Joe Miller. So, yeah, Joe Miller isn't able to join us this time. He's at PAX East, which was uh, on my little agenda up here, which I really haven't kept up with uh, what's going on with PAX East right now. I figure it's just a bunch of people showing off their games. But uh, Joe Miller is up there right now in Boston. Uh, hopefully next month he'll be able to uh, let us know how it went and uh, give us some – Uh, Behind the scenes information about Pax East.
2: Guys, I'm not familiar with Momocon. What is that? A developers' con or gamers? What is that?
1: It's actually a like. It's basically like animation and gaming. Cool. Um, and it started out kind of like as an anime, animation convention, and but they've made. they've kind of taken a lot of steps in the last couple of years to kind of engage both the development side and like esports and that sort of thing. Cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's at the Georgia world Congress center. And I think they gonna have like the whole show floor down there. Then they have like the building next door. So it's, it's kind of like a dragon con, but uh, just not as big and they have more of the gaming stuff. Like Dylan said. Okay. Uh, So, I forgot to talk about Greenlight last time, so uh, Greenlight is shutting down, and there's been some, like, yelling, gnashing your teeth about, like, all the stuff that's being dumped on Greenlight right now, because everybody's trying to get through, like, right at the last minute, so I'm thinking maybe if you get your game greenlit before they officially shut it down, maybe you'll get grandfathered, I know my one Gunman game got greenlit, so I was going to actually try to put that into, like, an early access or something. So I'm thinking, like, if you go ahead and put your game. And also, if you've already paid your $100, then why not throw what you have up there? Because apparently it won't be around much longer. But uh, I heard the thing that's going to replace it is basically where you'll just have to pay a certain amount. And people have been speculating on (coughs) how much it's going to cost. Uh, uh, Was that Steam Direct? What's that? Direct? Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think so. And they really still haven't provided a lot of details about this new Direct program. But some people are up in arms. It's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) You don't want to have to pay $5,000 when your game may not even make that much. Okay, so I'm going to go back to Screen Share. And so IndieCade, uh, I submitted a game to this a few years ago. My Resistor game, it didn't get accepted. But this is in L.A. And, uh, yeah, I think submissions are open now. Deadline is March 17th, coming up pretty soon. This may be the early submission, annual showcase to D 3 $95. And they got other deadlines later, like June 15th. That might be the... Drop dead deadline, it's 140. But usually on Ludum Dari, they always had like discount codes so you can submit your game for half the price. So you submit your game, and uh, they'll give you a little bit of feedback even if you aren't uh, accepted. Into their Indie Game Showcase. But I know a lot of games have went through IndieCade and made it big just because they won the IndieCade Best of Show or whatever. So if you have something really worth showing off, uh, I'd probably recommend this. But if you just got something you're kicking around with, uh, I'd probably wait till you got something more polished before submitting to IndieCade. So one thing that i didn't realize is that project spark was shut down like last year it's been that long so if anybody doesn't know what project spark is it was like a game or a development environment for windows 10 i think it started out on windows 8 and also on the xbox one and this sort of started out as a project called kodu Uh, On the Xbox 360 where you could use tiles to build logic in your game. And then you press play and then you got your game right there. So it's kind of like this no code game development environment. But they provide you with like all the model assets and things like that. So I created a game. It's kind of like Legend of Zelda where you went around, killed the enemies, picked up the little pieces of Triforce-like things. And uh, you upgraded your sword and things like that. Uh, the bad thing about it was you could never actually download your game onto your local system. Uh, so I can actually still play my game <clears throat> in an offline mode using Project Spark, but uh, there's no way to make any updates or share it with any other people any any longer. So it's kind of sad that that had finally done. And they kind of just like took it down without letting anyone know. So. Yeah. Um, so here's something that I found out last night. I went ahead and added to the agenda. So I actually got my first like paid uh game, paid donation for a game for my sandwich maker game on Itchio, like last night. And so when it came through on PayPal, they decided to donate ten dollars. And when it comes through my PayPal, it comes out as like eight forty something. So uh just to let people know if you do have a game on itchio and people donate using paypal then they're going to take a 2.9 or 30 cents plus 2.9 uh for every transaction and then itch will actually take 10 percent themselves unless you change it in your settings so uh, I'm all about supporting itch, but it's really weird when you go into PayPal and you just see that they took a dollar out of your account. It doesn't come through the game transaction. It just looks like they took a dollar out of your PayPal account. So, um, it, you should probably change that if or modify it for your needs. If you want to give itch more, you can. If you want to give them less, you can do that as well. But PayPal will a- always automatically take this, uh, 2.9 percent out so you won't get the full ten dollars or whatever amount it is Uh, but they do give you a really nice interface for setting up uh, an account I mean you just enter your email address and there you go you don't have to fill out any paperwork or anything else Uh, so the main topic I was going to talk about which may not be very long is uh marking up your pages with metadata and i got quite a few links here uh and what this will do my objective in this was to actually get my game to show up uh on youtube as a selectable game pull up these other links here because i know whenever i tag my Uh, Games, the category, which I'll bring up here in a second. Uh, Then it will drop down, like, here's my development stream for the Sandwich Maker Pro. And have something to crumple up. Let's see if I can go into settings. And I can go in here and tag it might be under advanced. So I got it in the gaming category. I thought that was most appropriate. So then they got a game title. So obviously my game isn't going to be in this list. And I was trying to get one of my other games. Apparently it isn't indexed yet. But the objective was to get my game to show up in here. And get to my first page here. Uh, YouTube actually has a pretty good uh, documentation on how to add markup data to your game, uh, your game's website, for it to be able to be picked up by YouTube. So, yeah, you just got to go to your page, and uh, they got this format. It's all in JSON, uh, which is a uh, data format uh, specification, and they use this video game properties. Let's see here, like schema for defining a game. And you can find this on schema.org. So you got all of these different uh, things you can specify, like the author of the game. Uh, These may be, like, the year that it was published, and YouTube actually has defined the things that they're expecting to be in your metadata. So, like, the title of the game, description, the genre, the poster art, they actually have specifications on the size, 1024 by 1440, the screenshots, and, like, links, your game and the same as metadata now the one thing I don't have is a Wikipedia page for my game but I do have my own wiki which I don't know if that'll (laughs) pass their test or not but you can put like links for more information about your game using that same as um, and also when it was released and reviews and things like that and here's an example of the markup so it's basically json where everything's encapsulated in uh, curly braces and brackets for arrays and you have like key pair values kind of like a hash for a lot of these different metadata uh, attributes so on mine let's see if i can bring up my website i just entered this Into my game page uh, on my site and just entered it right there on the WordPress page. Log in. And yeah, I'm not displaying my login information over here. Okay, there we go. So post. And this is on my TTY. I figured this is one ha- would have the best chance of getting picked up by YouTube. The TTY GFX adventure game since I do have a lot of that day for, for it. So you just go into edit for that post. And you can go into the text editor. And yeah, here's the script right here all the JSON code. So you can see where I have type, video game, title, TTYGFX, the description of the game and the URL's uh, where you can find more information and when it was released 2013 11 and links to the screenshots and also review information for the game and they also sometimes want like an aggregate review. But you can actually take this and copy all this JSON right here. Copy. And I'm gonna go to Google Webmaster. I'm sign in here. And you can go just to my website and you can go to oh, where was it? Crawl, Google, Google index. Fetches Google. Structured data. I believe that's it. One of these in here. Data highlighter. Rich cards. But you can actually post this code and it will validate. So you can see my TTY GFX Adventure is now listed under the structured data page. And you click on it. It recognized it as a video game type. And it has it down here as indexed. I'm trying to find uh, the data tester, data highlighter. I thought it was under structured data. Google index, crawl, robots, URL. I think it's on that other page, the tester is. Go back to that YouTube page. Uh microdata. Use Google Search Console add marked up to site. I thought that's where I was. Add to the marked up site. Verify you own the site. So you do have to verify that uh, you are the owner of this that site and Google Webmaster Tools. And also I had an image over here. Uh, once you submit your data to YouTube then you got to do this verification step saying hey i do allow youtube to go and look at my site and pull that uh, metadata information back to use in their index Um, go back here and json micro there is a way to verify this data structured data test okay here it is right here (laughs) i already had it pulled up So here's my website. You can just type it in right there, or you can do a new test. And do HTTP, LeviDSmith.com, TTY, GFX, Adventure, then run test. And so it's actually going out, pulling my website back. So then it says, hey, we noticed two like types of information on your page, an H entry, which kind of applies to all WordPress pages, then a video game. So you can click on video game. So you can see right here, where it's pulling that JSON out of my page with the description and the name and genre. You can actually go in here and specify rating data for your game. and. specify the aggregate rating so this is on a one to five scale I think you can specify your own uh, rating scale I haven't got into that but there's a lot more uh, attributes you can put in here Uh, you can specify the price and the currency of that price for the game and things like that so the point of this is if you have something wrong in your metadata this will tell you right here it will come up as an error Um, I think you can also do a new test and click on this code snippet and you can post that JSON that I had on my website, post it right in here, run test, and I like doing it this way when I'm trying to get everything right before I put it into my page. That way if something's wrong, like if I have an extra comma in here or something like right there, I think it should dynamically, or maybe you have to resubmit, Yeah. got to repress that button but now it says oh there's an error in your page so you click on that it says syntax error I think you can double click on it and it will actually tell you the line right here 15 where that error occurred so you can just get rid of that and rerun it oh maybe I deleted the wrong one but yeah it's a really nice debugging tool so the one thing that did happen is if I go to Google I think Google really likes it when you have this structured markup on your page. Uh, TTYGFX Adventure. Because now my game comes up as the very first link for my website in the Google results. And I gave myself a five star rating. I did have four reviews, but some of the reviews didn't have ratings. But you can specify right there uh, the rating for your game, which. I find it kind of hard to believe that they'd actually let you specify your own rating for your own game, but uh, they'll let you do that. Uh, I think that was about it. So, yeah, my game still hasn't been picked up by YouTube, but hopefully before too long. Uh, go back to the agenda. Oh, let's stay on there. And, okay, that's about all I had for that. Let me see if I missed anything over here. Uh, No. Uh, So let me go back to the Google Hangout page and stop screen share. So uh, I was hoping Mike would be here. Uh, I don't know exactly when we're going to have our our next in-person meeting. Dylan, did you have any preference on when we would get together to show off our games? Um, I actually hadn't thought about it. Like, I like doing the um, like the
1: in-person meetup before Let Them Dare, but I didn't even think about when we'd do
0: it afterwards. Um, yeah, there's been some discussion on the Facebook page. Uh, Joe Miller, uh, he seems like he was up to having a kickoff. The only issue is we need somebody with the key to get into Technology Cooperative. So I was kind of thinking about going someplace like a restaurant, like a Starbucks or a Panera that has Wi-Fi and just meeting somewhere in downtown Knoxville if we wanted oh, to I kick mean off. we'd always
1: run it by Mike like if Mike was doing it he would be there, he would have a key. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm just... not, like he, uh, yeah. I, you know, he could, even if he could make it, he could probably give it like let one of us borrow it or something. So,
0: yeah.
1: Um, so you'd be interested probably, in
0: doing a kickoff.
1: Yeah. I'd actually be interested in doing a meetup afterwards or, or we could just do it at, at you know, like the hangout uh, we do afterwards and just do screen sharing too.
0: Yeah. I think Mike was up for doing an actual your game Everybody get together. Uh, the issue is Ludum Dari is very late in April. It's like twenty one April twenty first to twenty fourth. So the next regular regularly scheduled meeting would be uh, the second Sunday of May, which is yeah. which he calls uh, Motherless Orphans Day for some of us, but Mother's Day. Uh, so that might be a bad time to have uh, everybody get together at Shelford Games. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about the post-meeting uh-huh. later, but I just didn't know people were still interested in doing the kickoff, so I guess we can get in touch with Mike and see if we can get a key to do the kickoff, because uh-huh. I'd definitely be up to doing the kickoff. I mean, it's just us sitting around. If anyone out there is listening, if you want to jo- join us for a kickoff, we'll probably have more information coming out soon, but it sounds like we do want to do that, meet somewhere. Uh-huh. And, it's a like uh, good,
1: tense moment before you finally figure out what the theme's going to be. Like, oh.
0: I always feel like it's kind of like watching the ball drop on New Year's. It's like you're waiting for the theme to be announced at 9 p.m., and, uh, and then once it, <laughs> once it gets announced and people are like, hey, or boo, or usually you all have gripes and things like that. So, yeah, that looks like it's been about an hour. Uh, hey, Nick, did you have anything else you wanted to plug or say or contribute?
2: No, thanks for having me. It's, it's uh, really cool to meet up with other devs in, in, in close proximity. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, if you guys ever um, want to make it out to Asheville, we do it on uh, Thursday nights at 6 p.m. at AB Tech. I know that's a hall during the weekday, but maybe I'll get a chance to uh, actually come meet you guys in person. That would be awesome.
0: Yeah, I've been to Asheville a few times. It's a really nice city, and yeah, sometime I'm off on a Thursday, I might have to pop in over there and meet you guys. Cool. Yeah. all right. Really appreciate you joining us, Nick. Yeah, thank hey, you, guys. Hey, Dylan, did you have anything else you wanted to share or promote or? <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> okay. <I'm> good. Okay. <laughs> Okay, well, I appreciate everyone that may be watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast. Uh, Stay tuned for more information about our upcoming meetups, org. if you want to find out more about us or any of our upcoming events. Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching.